Hello, my people. Welcome back to Rethink. This is Fernando. This podcast is a project where I learn more about myself and confuse you more about yourself. Some will say it's funny, some will say it's too long, and many will not even listen. But we don't care about the last ones because we are here to learn, to question, to share, to experience, to analyze, to think, and of course, to rethink. And yes, consistency is the key. And if you are one of my 22 followers or 24, 22 listeners, because I think I don't even have followers, 22 listeners, uh, yes, I know consistency is the key. I have been struggling with that uh, almost for a month because I was busy with job and, and, and traveling and stuff. But now I'm back. I will, I will try and I will do it. Just be patient. I am patient. Okay, I have been asked how I choose my topics or why do I know about this nonsense things that I talk about? Uh, well, I ask myself the same question. But I, I heard someone saying that it's better to know a lot of useless things than not knowing anything. So saying that, you see, it's very easy to get some, with some ideas. And sometimes I listen to people. Uh, they tell me things that I should talk about or they will be fun or interesting. And, and other things I just, uh, you know, it's when I'm listening to radio or to music or walking on the street or listening to an audiobook or reading or then ideas come from there okay so that's the way and this is a special episode because i want to try to answer a question regarding random topics questions that you you and me might have mainly uh, mainly me and i'm not an expert in a lot of things but what i do have is the greatest knowledge of the 21st century i have the phone number of someone who knows and, you know, I have Google, and that's it. And, yeah, let's start with that, shall we? I will try to answer three or four questions that is in everyone's head. Big enigmas of mankind. All right, maybe not. But if you look in the internet, maybe you will find at least one of these ones. All right, first one. What is the greatest fear, or, or one of the greatest, in mankind? Hmm. That's an easy answer. It is something called Skynet. Yes, you heard that right. One of the greatest fears in mankind is losing control against the machines, against the internet, against this thing that we all have heard about it, but we do not really understand. And I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about AI, artificial intelligence. Yes, yes, mankind is afraid that one day your toaster will become self-aware and it will try to kill you because of your bad taste with bread. Your mobile phone that is listening to you all the time will plot against you and will send all those nude pics of yours to your boss and to your mother-in-law so your life will be ruined. And that is not all. Your smart TV will start showing you over and over and over and over again those 10 annoying seasons of Friends one after the other one, non-stop, and no other show. His goal is to make you lose your mind so you will kill yourself, with the help of the toaster, of course. <laughs> okay, okay, that is not what it is. Or is it? Well, let's start from the beginning. What is AI? As per some of the article that I found on the internet, 
Artificial intelligence is an area of computer science that emphasizes the creation of intelligent machines that work and react like humans. Hmm, there, there might be an error there because some humans are not that smart. Hmm, well. Some of the activities that computers with artificial intelligence are designed for include speech recognition, learning, planning, problem solving, and many others. But then, how do we make the computers learn? Well, the first step was to program in the machine or the computer all the possible scenarios for possible systems. Then the problem became big, big, bigger because some systems might have thousands and thousands and millions of variables that will make this programming somehow not practical. And then the algorithm or many algorithms appear that somehow is making some machines really learn like human do, but you know, some algorithms to do something specific. And how is that? Well, that's somehow like trial and error, reward, rewarding the positive actions and avoiding the negative outcomes by not rewarding those uh, outcomes. Then things start to become more complicated. So. I'm going to make use of my greatest knowledge or the greatest knowledge of the 21st century again. I'm going to call someone who knows about AI. He can put all these things in easy words, I guess. I am calling my friend Luis Carlos. We call him Chicho, <laughs> but that's a story for another day. He's not an expert per se in AI, but he's an expert in IT-related stuff for a big tech company that somehow is related to AI. Okay, Luis, can you enlighten us a little bit and put in dumb words what is AI? Hi, and thank you for the invitation. So, um... In plain, simple terms, the, the term artificial intelligence is to to hu put human-enabled capabilities that we, our human brain performs and turn that um, into machines. So that means um, allowing machines to perform and execute activities that a human being um, has the ability to do, um, such as, you know, generating different thoughts, putting different combinations of information together and coming with a different output of information out. And that, that's basically the principle. Now, however, today, all of, all of artificial intelligence systems are pretty narrow. That, that means they're very focused on a particular activity. So if you actually look at um, artificial intelligence systems that, that play chess or, or play Jeopardy or do shopping or any of those, they're actually focused on the unique niche of what they execute. They're good at doing the sole only activity they were designed to do. And, and, and so in plain and simple terms, all of the features of new software are gonna be around artificial intelligence and all of these softwares and systems are going to attain um, some level of general intelligence inside. So all for the most part, in the good old-fashioned days of AI, 
the focus was on learning. There was uh, uncertainty or concept formation, or perhaps because of the techniques for dealing with these dimensions were very poorly developed at the time. Um, that ha has changed a lot over the decades um, to a point where we have actually uh, a lot of computing power that can compute multiple parallel process ideas or let's say computational equations at the same time to come out with uh, actionable results that that seem to an extent they're extremely smart however that that's still something that is programmed by a human so if you actually think um we're probably 75 to to 50 years based on the most um, research and scientists around the world to achieve something called HLML, which is human level machine learning. And, and, and if you can achieve a human level machine learning, then you're onto a path to reproduce something called superintelligence, which is a system in a machine that will autonomously can actually trigger actions and decisions and think by itself. Um, I don't think people should be worried about machine learning will take over, you know, us or not, because in the end, the future is all in the hands of, of humans that are actually coding and creating the systems by themselves. So that until we generate or create a so-called system of super intelligence that in, in the movies you would call recognize it something like this Prometheus, um, that all of that is just uh, utopian thoughts at this point. Um, we will have very smart systems that will simulate and think like us on narrow spaces. We might broader that to become more of stronger AI systems that have more knowledge in different common areas. But um, moving from that to actually having systems that self-autonomously decide what they want to do, learn and equate and then formulate and strategize. Um, that is that is something that is not going to happen in the near future. Thank you, Chicho, to bringing us back from the dark side of ignorance. Now, Skynet, no? I mentioned it just at the beginning of the podcast. So Skynet is a system created, created by Cyberdyne. No? Still no clue? No? <laughs> Still don't know okay we are talking here about terminator you know terminator the movies with arnold schwarzenegger excuse me my pronunciation but yes arnold the ex-governor of california the seven times mr olympia among other titles and one of my favorite hollywood actors yes he's in terminator so in terminator one cyberdyne is a company who created skynet so if you guys have seen terminator one that's a movie, a movie from 1984 the plot is more or less that there's a cyborg assassin sent back in time from 2029 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor. But they also at the same time from the future, they send a guy called Kyle Reese to save Sarah uh, to stop the Judgment Day. It was August 29, 1997 as per the movie. So what happened that day is that all the machines became self-aware and they destroyed mankind. So that's what it is. So what 
what's ha what's happening is that they there was a, a resistance, and the resistance is it was led by John Connor. But uh, the Terminators or Skynet sent this Terminator from the future to the past to kill John Connor, so they don't have more resistance because. Well, that's what the machines want. They want to kill us. Um, and what else? So the Terminator, it was this... The, the name of the Terminator was Cyberdyne System Model 101, better known as T-800. And it is described as a cybernetic, cybernetic organism consisting of living tissue over a robotic skeleton. So yes, that's the movie from 1984. Um, and it's quite interesting... Uh, because what happened is that this guy sent calories he sent from the future to the past to save this girl Sarah Connor that he has a picture of her right so he comes and you know he tried to save her they have the interaction during the movie you can watch it and but they don't say too much things from the from the past of Kyle Reese or anything so you know things in the movie go uh, not too good for everyone uh, at the end Kyle Reese get killed and then Sarah Connor like you know believed that at the beginning she thought that it was crazy so a lot of things happening and at the end of the movie um, you know she's uh, putting some petrol in a gas station and someone took a picture of her and this picture of her that she has on her hands as a matter of fact is the, is the picture that Kyle Reese had in order to recognize Sarah Connor that John Connor gave on the future. So what he didn't know is that he went to save Sarah Connor, that at the end he was his girlfriend, and John Connor is his father, and he didn't know. So then you start to think about time travel and stuff, that as a matter of fact, if you follow latest, latest time travel theories, technically speaking, you can't change it because if... Kyrie's go from the future to the past, his past become his future. So it's not going to change, it's just going to be to make a, a different timeline. So there will be two timelines or three or four or whatever, the multiverse. And that's it. So this is where this idea of Skynet taking over the world or the internet or AI taking over the world start to you know become more <laughs> become more famous in people's head so that's Terminator 1 then Terminator 2 came after in 1991 like 10 years later almost uh, and those one of my favorite movies all right then Terminator 2 best known as T2 Judgment Day Terminator 2 was released in 1991 1991 yes the resistance also managed to reprogram an old T800 model that is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and send it back in time to protect John Connor. So both are sent to the past, one to kill, one to save, and uh, the, the Bat Terminator is a liquid metal shape-shifting T-1000 model, so it's faster, more... It's, 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 like, it's like a comparing a Honda 1984 to a... BMW 3 M series. At the end, what happened? You can watch the movie. Well, 
they kill the bad guys the the, the good ones still alive no one called no one kills uh, John Connor Terminator 3 is pretty cool it's called the rise of the machines the Terminator 4 salvation is pretty cool as well then Terminator 5 is Genesis I didn't like so much and then Terminator 6 I haven't watched it it's just released it. I don't remember the name a lot of people hate the Terminator 3 because I think it's because it's a female the Terminator the bad guy is a female but I like it very much because the the nice thing about this movie is that you can see that there's nothing you can do to stop Judgment Day the Judgment Day that is where all the machines get self-aware and take over the uh, defense system from the USA and then send, they send nukes all over the world in this total chaos they kill mostly everyone and then the machines take over so they couldn't stop it nevertheless then it makes you it makes you think about if you really can things change if you can th- change things like go to the past and change stuff but yes that's T2 one of my favorite movies from James Cameron, of course. Yeah. So, which are my favorite movies? Now, if I have by hand, Terminator 2, Fight Club. It's one of my favorite movies with Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Um, another movie I love is Enchanted. Very nice movie. It's for kids, they say. I think it's not. It's very funny. Second enigma of mankind. <laughs> okay. Second question that I will answer is it's more like a doubt do you know why you're asked to turn off your mobile phone while flying or switching to airplane mode you know you know no of course you don't know so if the crew tells you to jump from the plane at 30,000 feet will you do it Eh? or if they tell you that you will be exposed to bigger amount of radiation if you fly too often will you trust them okay well that one, that one is true, but this is not the point. My point here is that you don't have to believe and follow everything that you are told. <laughs> yes, let's start revolution. Revolution. All right, let's, let's come back to the mobile phone topic. First things first. Well, different countries have different rules and regulations regarding many topics and including this one. So we start with the most paranoid country in the world that one is United States my friends and contrary to popular misconception the Federal Aviation Administration or FAA does not actually prohibit the use of personal electronic devices including cell phones on aircrafts do you hear me does does not prohibit so in this as per paragraph b5 of whatever chapter leaves it up to the airlines to determine if devices can be used in flight. So it's asked if the airline don't want you to do it, then you don't do it. But then then why is allowed or why is not allowed? Okay, so let's just go to the, the proven science reason. Why is, why is it not allowed? The main purpose behind it, behind this, it is due to possible problems with avionics and electromagnetic electromagnetic interference. I don't know why I can't talk anymore. Electromagnetic interference. Some other people say that it's just a measure to avoid 
to avoid noise from passengers talking on the mobile phone. So, yes, there you go. I also found a very interesting article on the internet and it's uh, it's a study. So it's a 2003 study say, and I'm quoting, there is no definitive instance of an air accident known to have been caused by a passenger's use of an electronic device. Nonetheless, although it is impossible to say that such use has contributed to air accident in the past, the data also make it impossible to rule it out completely. More importantly, the data support a conclusion that continued use of portable RF emitting devices such as cell phones will, in all likelihood, someday cause an accident by interfering with critical cockpit instruments such as GPS receivers. All right. So that's what I found on the internet. <clears throat> but it's a 2003 study. Now we are in 2019. A lot of things have changed. I'm not saying that you guys go and use your phone or whatever in the airplane and have a fight with the flying crew. No, no, no. I'm just telling you that now you can, you know why are you doing what are you doing. Also, we need to take into an account that with current new avionics and electronics and communication technologies, you know, things have become more safe and reliable. So you see, next time someone asks you to sh turn off your phone while you're in the airplane, well, you can have a conversation about it. But, well, if they tell you to shut, turn, off, turn the phone off, you just do it. Nevertheless, if you leave it on, if it's just one of the 300 passengers, it will not make a big deal. But well, there you go. Then you have, you have more knowledge than before. Let's go for the third question. The third question is, is the earth flat? Okay. Um, I think I'm not even going to entertain that question. The earth is not flat. It's not completely round, but it's, it's an sphere. You know, we have some, it's, it's, it's round, it's, it's not flat. So we're not going to talk about this nonsense. I'm not a scientist that, I can, that can talk about it and give all the explanations, but come on, man, just, just don't go against Newton. Don't go against the, the famous scientists in the, in the world like Einstein and Newton and Galileo. Okay? Okay. And now I'm going to give you the answer of one of the biggest enigmas in mankind. So this is number four. Are you ready? Is Pluto a planet? No, Pluto is Mickey Mouse dog, right? Mickey Mouse has a dog that his name is Pluto. It's a yellow dog that is uh, this characters from Disney World. And it's really weird because, I mean, have you seen them? It's a huge mouse. 
then you start you have to start thinking is it that is a huge mouse like a, like a rat size almost or maybe it's a super 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 small dog hmm, you can think about this also you can think about mickey mouse friend that is goofy goofy is a dog too and it's huge because it's bigger than than uh, the mouse so then it makes sense but then the problem is if you put mouse the mickey no, no mouse if you put the two dogs pluto and goofy in the same room they can't communicate not like humans because goofy speaks words in english and pluto can't so there's something weird there so yeah that's one of the one of the questions that i have inside and i'm sure that you didn't know either okay now to be serious well they say pluto is not a planet it's a dwarf planet so technically speaking we have eight planets in the solar system or maybe we have eight plus something so maybe something like 10 if you count that it's a dwarf planet that has like another moon that is almost his mass and you can you can look in wikipedia about it we're not going to talk about this it's not that important who cares about if pluto is a dwarf planet or not exciting and lovely talk, I want to be clear with a couple of things I said. First, when I say, don't go against the most brilliant minds this universe have seen, such as Isaac Newton, Galileo Galilei, Albert Einstein, James Watt, Michael Faraday, Erwin Schrödinger, Max Planck, Stephen Hawking, Steve Jobs, Paul Allen, and many, many more. What I meant is, yes, question everything, study, investigate, Analyze the status quo, yes. But please don't make a fool of yourself trying to deny and think things that have more than enough evidence, scientific evidence, things that are proven not by one, but by many serious scientists and academics that have spent their whole life at the service of science, mankind and the universe. Yep. Just be a little bit more careful and think more than twice if you want to say one day, maybe, that the dinosaurs never wander our beautiful planet, for example. And be even more careful if you are someone famous, or how we call now, an influencer. Finally, the last point I want to make clear is, try not to judge. When I say in a funny note to stop judging Pluto, the planet or dwarf planet, and let him be whatever he wants to be, that no one cares. It is just to make this little chat more funny and hopefully you don't fall asleep. My message is just try to not judge and accept other people's opinions and beliefs and lifestyle. Listen more and talk less. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and how my friend Javier Santualaya, one of my favorite bloggers say, study hard and use that brain. Maybe you could be the next Michael Faraday. I will see you soon.